Welcome to Don't Quote Me On That. One day we will have an intro, but today is not that day. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Kalina, and welcome back to Don't Quote Me On That, where we kind of talk about movies. Although today I am using we in the royal sense because I am alone, if you noticed. No Eleanor here to say hello to you all. Our lovely Eleanor is on the entry committee for the Met Gala this year, and they had to call an emergency meeting to decide whether or not they should let Young Gravy go, because while our man does have the drip, and he is 6'8", just think of the chaos he would cause with all the mothers there. So, she's doing great work for society. I'm holding down the fort here. Let's get into it. This won't be a terribly long episode, because it's just me talking to myself, and although I do that all the time little bit different when I'm talking to myself and I know other people are going to listen to it. So as you see from the title, I assume I titled this something that's legible and easy to understand. Uh, We're talking today about covers, specifically covers that I personally think are better than the original. Um, I've got, I do believe it's three songs here. I can count four. I got four songs and honorable mention. So we'll get right into it. I tried to cover a range of genres, you know, time periods, artists, that sort of vibe. Um, I do listen to a little bit of everything, and I do particularly like covers when they're in a different genre. Eleanor and I have talked about this before, and we really like covers because I think it's such a great way to, like, for an artist to showcase what inspired them. But I think it's even cooler when the cover is, like, not in the same realm as the music the artist makes because then they like for example if you know their audience wouldn't listen to the artist normally now that artist is getting exposed to a whole new audience which is a word i used already um and also yeah i think covers are good i think you know they say imitation is the greatest form of flattery i don't like when a cover is just a straight up copy which is um why a lot of these covers i think are better than the originals because they took it and made it their own There's a good way to do that, and there's, of course, a bad way to do that, but um, I still think making it your own, is, even if it's not great, is better than just doing a straight-up cover, because, like, then we could just go listen to the original song, you know what I mean? Anyway, all that being said, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. We'll get into the first song. I started with this one just because, one, I think it's not as popular as it was, I would say, a year, year and a half ago, but also um, it's pretty popular. The most famous cover of the song is by a band that's pretty popular right now. And also, this is my oldest song. So the first song I have here is Begging by Frankie Valen and the Four Seasons. And I'm going to talk about the original songs first, and then I'll tell you which cover I think is better than the original. So um, we've got Begging by Frankie Valen and the Four Seasons. And the reason I picked this, as I said, is there's a band that's pretty popular right now, Monoskin, those Italian dudes. I think they were... What was it? Eurovision? They won Eurovision? What is this? 2023? Jeez, I feel old. Um, Two years ago, I guess then. 2021, they won Eurovision. And then so I remember Begging was like on the radio all the time, their cover of it. Um, But I, I'm a Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons fan. I'm sure that will shock. That might shock some people, but if you've listened to more than one of our episodes, that will shock absolutely no one. Um... And so it's from the 60s. Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons are like, a, for those who don't know, are a doo-wop. I know the, the, the Wikipedia page for this song specifically says it's a northern soul. That's the genre. But if you look at Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, they're like doo-wop 
rock and roll pop band. Um, but the song specifically is Northern Soul. But just so you have an idea of like the sort of vibe that's going on. And also Frankie Valley has a very distinct voice. His, his tone is very, especially for a man, he has a very unique tone. And I love a unique voice that's going to come up in a couple songs later as well. Um, and also kind of lends to why I picked those songs as the better, better than the original. Um, this is K's Better Than the OG, which I'm pretty sure is going to be the title of this episode. If it's not the title of the episode, anyway, too bad. Uh, so I don't really know what I can say about this song that hasn't said specifically about his voice. Um, I like that it opens with just him singing for the most part. We've got some violins, but like the full band hasn't come in yet. We don't have any any other instruments. It's just the violin. He says, put your loving hand out, baby. I'm begging. And then we've got the chorus, which is all of them singing and begging, begging you, put your loving. It's, it's a very repetitive song. I will say that it's lyrically very simple, um, but I do think it conveys a good message. It's in the title. You know, it's what it says on the tin, begging for love here. So he says, riding high when I was king, I played it hard and fast because I had everything. You walked away and won me then, but easy come and easy go and it would end. That's the first verse. Then we go back into begging, begging you for the chorus. Then we've got the bridge. I need you to understand that I tried so hard to be your man, the kind of man you want in the end. Only then can I begin to live again. So... Very clear theme. Like I said, lyrically simple. We get clear point A, point B. This is the story, yada, yada, yada. I like this song in its simplicity. Um, I think doo-wop sort of music is, I don't want to say it's simple because that's re- reducing the genre in a way that I don't agree with. But I, th- I think it is simple, for lack of a better word, in the sense that it is there's not as much going on they rely on fewer things to create this dynamic sound and this dynamic message if that makes sense um kind of like frank sinatra i was watching a video about frank sinatra today actually and frank sinatra i mean kind of did listen i like him but he kind of did the same thing all the time you know what i mean he sang songs he sounded real sultry the songs were usually about love yada 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 and that clearly worked for the man you know, um, Elvis probably, Elvis, another, you know, pretty distinct voice. He sang some songs. He had a persona, yada, yada, yada. Everyone loves Elvis. So I think doo-wop music takes very, not limited, but fewer elements than you would especially have in music today and does a lot with them. Uh, and I think Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons do that wonderfully. And also, I really like this song because it feels very modern. Like I said, it was written in the 60s, I think 67, if I am if I want to get specific. but Or it came out in 67, so it was written in the 60s. But I think like if you heard a band sing this song today and had no knowledge of the Four Seasons, you would think it was written because in its simplicity lies its ability to not be tied down to the time it was written in. And I'm sure a lot of people probably heard the Moniskin version and thought it was their song, you know? And I know I keep bringing up the doo-wop sound, and like like I said, they're a doo-wop pop band, pop band or group, and I think this also walks the line very well of being very similar to their other songs. Um, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, they've got what, Sherry, Oh What a Night, 
songs like that and like and what set them apart one is Frankie Valley's voice but this song in particular I think even if you took if even if someone else was singing it 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 sounds enough like their what is it discography what they have in their repertoire already while still being distinct enough from the sound of the time that like it really put set them apart I I've said a lot but really realistically I don't have a lot of notes I think it's a good song I like it, clearly. I'm talking about it. However, and as much as it hurts my heart to say this, um, and I hope, you know, no one comes crying sacrilege for this, I do think there's a cover that is better than the original Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons Begging, and that is not the Monoskin version that I've been talking about this whole time, but is in fact Begging by Madcon. Now, Begging, Madcon, was... Madcon, first of all, are apparently a um, Norwegian hip-hop duo, which I did not know. Um, one one guy is an Ethiopian-Norwegian TV presenter. This is per Wikipedia. We believe in um, strict academic research here. I don't quote me on that. Um, so I'm reading the Wikipedia page now. And we have Josef Wolde Mariam, and I'm sure I'm pronounced at least one of those names wrong. Um, he's an Ethiopian-Norwegian TV presenter and rapper. And then we've got Tshawe Bakwa, who is a South African German Norwegian rapper and TV presenter. And that is Madcon. And in, I will get you the year here. In 2007, they released a cover of, of Begging by Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Again, if you did not know the original when you heard the Madcon version, I think this is another one where you would not believe that that was an original song and second of all you would never you would never make the jump of how they got from point A to point B because this is no longer a doo-wop northern soul song this is very much a, a hip-hop song um they've added rap verses in it and I think the rap verses are one of the things that really stick out to me and make it better than the original is because the rap verses feel like they were written at the same time the original song was written i think they blend in so seamlessly like sometimes i'm listening to the song and i don't even notice the transition from the original frankie valley and the four seasons lyrics to the madcon lyrics so he so one of the first rap verses and again on the same theme so he says anytime i need you you let me go every time i reach you get me low Every time I seek, you let me know, but I planted that seed, just let me go, because I'm on my knees while I'm begging, because I don't want to lose you, so they, what's that word? I know how to, I know what the word looks like, um, but I don't think I can, I'm going to say it correctly, but they in, interpolate, Inter- they basically kind of cut in the original begging you theme into the rap verse, so I think that's another reason it really makes it um such a seamless transition, and also... A really big thing about this song that I'm sure a lot of people probably would recognize it from is it was one it was in um Step Up I wanna say Step Up 3D. If it wasn't Step Up 3D, it was Step Up 2, but I'm pretty sure it was Step Up 3D because it comes in in the scene where Moose is dancing, like he sets off the sprinkler and then he's dancing in the water, and the water flashes on the camera. So I'm pretty sure that was supposed to be a 3D effect. I really like the step up movies. That's a whole other episode we could do, or I could do by myself. But I think Madcon just take this to another level. Just from the very beginning, you can tell you're about to listen to something different. Um, he, the opening lines are, 
in the opening where he says i'm begging in the mad conversion he's got this like very nice rasp or like growl almost in his voice and like just it's chef's kiss and just from then you're like oh i'm in for a treat at least that's what i think every time i hear the song i never get sick of it it's on like almost every playlist i have it's on my my like shower playlists on my gym playlist it's just so it's just so fun and I talked a little bit earlier about it being like do, the doo-wop sound being a little simpler. They take less elements, but do a lot with it. And here there's less vocals. So they're, they're like reducing it. They've also obviously added things instrumentally and like to make, you know, make it sound more like a hip hop song than the, what it is originally, but it still has the same effect, even though they have subtracted something that was essential to the original. And if for no other reason, this to me is better than the original because it's so out of the box. As I was saying earlier, I like a cover. I don't think a cover should just be an imitation though. And this is a great example also of of doing a cover of music that inspires you. That's from like a genre you wouldn't expect. I'm sure a lot of... I, I highly doubt there's a lot of MadCon fans that are avid listeners of the Four Seasons. So I'd like just opening up a whole new world of possibilities it's nothing is there's no they always say there's no original thoughts anymore and so this is like a i think when you have a cover like this this is a promising way to look at it It doesn't make you sad that like everything that could be done has been done this is like motivating because everything that has been done we can take inspiration from and grow from and like even even if everything is derivative of something else that doesn't make it any less interesting or or worthy of attention and praise I think I've said enough things about begging. Anyway, if you haven't heard the Four Seasons version, um, I'm sure a lot of people heard the Madcon version and, like I said, the Mondeskin version. So if you haven't heard the Four Seasons version, I think it's worth a listen, if only just to hear how starkly different the two of them are. And also, I love talking about how the Mondeskin version is a cover of the Frankie Valley. Oh, sorry, a cover of the Madcon version. But the Madcon version, even though it's so different from the Four Seasons, is has to be a cover of the Four Seasons version because that was the only version that existed. But it, Modest Skin isn't a cover of the OG. It's a cover of the cover. It's a whole little loop. I could go on forever. But anyway, I will instead go to the next song, which is from an artist I know two songs by, and this is one of them. And I'll be honest with you, before I did this video, I probably listened to the original of the song once or twice. Uh, it's When I Get You Alone by Robin Thicke. The only other thing I know about Robin Thicke besides him singing this song is he did Blurred Lines some years ago, and everyone has mixed feelings about Blurred Lines. I personally, I think it's a fun song. I can I can see the implications and why people don't like it, but sometimes I think we need to don't need to take media super seriously. It's uh, it's a fun little song. Those are all the things I know about Robin Thicke. Not my my usual cup of tea is what I will say. So when I was listening to the song, I didn't realize his voice is a lot better than I realized. Um, much different to the last song, Frankie Valley, like I said, has a very distinct and unique voice. Robin Thicke, not so much. His voice is, he's nice. He's a singer, you know what I mean? But it's not like I would hear Robin Thicke singing and off the bat go, oh yeah, that's Robin Thicke, like you would for other artists who are known for their voice. And I liked the funk feel of the song. I didn't, like I said, I've heard the cover the cover I'm going to talk about, which I'm sure a lot of people probably have guessed what cover I'm going to talk about. Um, but it's the, this is a very funk song. I think it's, I think it's, it's classified as R and B funk song and, it, but it's got a very funk vibe, which I wasn't expecting. And 
Again, I like the backing vocals. The thing I liked most about the original, which obviously is again in because it's the it, it's in the arrangement, but basically this song samples um, Beethoven. And I think sampling Beethoven in a funk and R&B song is a vibe. It's such a vibe. Um, like I said, I love crisscrossing genres. I think crisscrossing genres is the best thing ever. So sampling, you know, it, again, you wouldn't expect it. I'll get you some of the lyrics here. We've got Robin Thicke, When I Get You Alone. Oh, another interesting thing I did pull out is apparently this is his debut single from 2002. So, like, I think this is a very strong opening for an artist like no one's ever heard anything from robin Thicke before this is the first thing he's coming out with i think this is a great decision so the opening is baby girl where you at got no strings got men attached can't stop their fiending for long which i just like the word fiending that's just a fun word and he says you making dogs want to beg breaking them off your fancy legs but they make you feel right at home now See, all these illusions just take us too long, and I want you bad, because you walk pretty, because you talk pretty, because you make me sick, and I'm not leaving till you're leaving. And then the chorus is, when I get you alone, when I get you alone, you'll know, baby, when I get you alone. So basically, he's just like, as he said, okay, he said it best. He's fiending for her, and when he gets her alone, the things he will do. It's a fun, it's a fun little, it's a fun little vibe, a little bop. There's some nice, I like the pause. There's a pause when he sings and he says, ain't you got some photographs? And he slows down. So like the instrumentals are kind of almost non-existent. And he slows down his voice to the point where it almost sounds like there's an effect on his voice, but he just does that naturally. And I think that's really nice. And then also I like how his voice changes and his like tone changes as he sings the song because the song is very sensual, I think would be a good word. And he gets real sultry before the second chorus when he, before the second chorus that's the word before the second chorus when he sings and I want you so bad because you walk pretty because you talk pretty he's just really putting the emotion into it and I think emotion is sometimes especially depending on the genre like I've said this about pop punk music before sometimes emotion is more important than actual vocal ability Robin Thicke does have vocal ability but I like that he can he can he can make those subtle shifts in his voice to then convey the story better, you know? Um, I don't like... Th- he does shift into a higher key briefly before he goes into the final pre-chorus. I don't really like that. I don't... I don't... I didn't think that fit the vibe of the song. kind of took me out of it for a second. But I thought the backing vocals overall were very nice. Um, what was interesting... Another thing that was interesting to me was this had 1.9 million views. The video at least I saw on YouTube. And the cover I'm going to talk about had... I think like 1.5, I believe it was, which came out years and years later. And to the embarrass, great, great embarrassment of Kalina and Kalina here, um, it is it is a cover from Glee. But I don't think anyone would disagree with me when I say that Blaine Anderson in Glee, played by Darren Chris, does a fantastic cover of When I Get You Alone. And he just, he t- I would listen to Darren Chris sing pretty much anything. I think Darren, I think his character Blaine had all the best covers in Glee, um, save for a few here and there. So like, I think he just brings an element to everything he does. He has a lovely voice, not again, not like one that's necessarily easily identifiable, but he, he's fun to listen to. I think he brings a, a lightness and a, a nice little vibe to everything he does. And also 
Another reason I really like this better than the original is it's acapella. So everything we hear instead of instruments we're hearing, you know, the acapella group, which I think is the warblers singing behind him in the sh- in the context of the show. And I think that just adds a little uh, adds a, a new element to it. It makes the backing vocals, which I liked in the original song, it makes them fit in much more seamlessly because everything is vocals now. But what we did have to give up is some of that funk feel I mentioned earlier. Basically just human voices are amazing and can do fantastic things. But like you can't imitate, for the most part, by and large, people can't imitate an instrument perfectly. So the instruments that were giving the song the funk feel kind of take a backseat in the cover. But it, I think it more than makes up for it everywhere else. And whoever is singing the bass in the song is a star. I don't, I didn't notice it. And like when I listened to this song just casually, I don't notice it. But when I was listening through it, through it, when I was listening to it today to prepare for this, um, the bass really stood out to me. So whoever is singing bass in When I Get You Alone in Glee, 10 out of 10, I would also listen to them sing anything. I'm a bass girly. I love bass. I think every song, I don't care the context, the genre, the artist, I think every song could have more bass in it, personally speaking. Those are just my personal feelings. I just, Darren, Darren Chris just does such good, I don't know. It's like Glee to me, Glee and Twilight exist in like similar spaces where like, are they good, well, well made like pieces of media? Not exactly. Okay. Do they, do they stand the test of time? Like in terms of social conventions and like what's you know correct and and polite not really okay is it a little embarrassing to say i really like glee or i really like twilight yeah but like there's something about it okay those are cult like twilight i think in a couple years even now i think you could call it but like in a couple years for sure it's gonna be like a cult classic and i think glee would be the as a tv show equivalent of that which is is very interesting because they're wildly different things and i'm getting off topic um I don't think I should be allowed to talk about Twilight by myself. I don't think I should be allowed to talk about Twilight with Eleanor either, but definitely shouldn't be allowed to talk about Twilight by myself. I have a lot of thoughts. I'm going to upset some people. So we'll go to the next song. Oh, if I said um, Begging was my oldest song, I was definitely 110% wrong because I did this and then immediately forgot what I put on this list. So anyway, next song, we're hopping over to a totally different genre again. That's just how we do here on the Kalina show, which is what you all signed up for. I'm so sorry. We've got Nothing by Towns Van Zant. Towns Van Zant was born in the 40s. So the song, I believe, is from the 50s. Let's see if I can get you a specific date here. I can't, but... Not the 50s. I'm sorry, the 60s. So actually, you know, probably the same time as the Four Seasons, begging. Um, but anyway, long story short, this is a country song. Towns Van Zandt, country singer um, from Fort Worth, Texas. He's um, like a folksy, bluesy sort of guy. And I was watching this very interesting video about him, actually, if anyone wants to check it out. It's by Polyphonic on YouTube. And he was doing a video about Poncho and Lefty, which I would argue was Van Zant's most popular song um that's also got a very famous cover by willie nelson and merle haggard which most people probably know that version but it is a towns van zant song and that is his most popular song i would argue 
I think you can make a case for that. Um, but anyway, I was watching the polyphonic video and he was talking a lot about how Van Zant had, uh, had a, a sad life in the sense that he spent a lot of time on the road touring. And so he was in, you know, bars and motel rooms all by himself. And then also he had, he had substance abuse issues and he was bipolar. He was diagnosed as being bipolar. So not a life of solitude and, and loneliness, one could argue. I do think there's a difference, difference between, between solitude and loneliness and a difference between, you know, feeling lonely and being alone. And I'm, I, but I'm sure Van Zant experienced both ends of the spectrum there. But this is what my mother and I like to call talk singing. And that's not just in nothing. That's just in every song Towns Van Zant has. He talks, sings, which isn't a bad thing. I think because of the genre and the, the stories he tells, it works. But the problem is nothing is, is a sad song. And then Towns Van Zant doesn't sound happy. So he's talking to you and he's reading, he's basically essentially reading these very moving but very depressing lyrics. And I'm just not always in the mood to be depressed. So I don't always, I don't always reach for this, you know, this version, the original version first, because like, it's a little bit of a lethal combo. Some of the lyrics here, and also this is another, I like country, like country music, I think, is like pinnacle of storytelling songs. And so he tells a nice little story here without, and keeps it very abstract in the things he's talking about without making it seem unrealistic in terms of language. So the first verse he says, and there's not really a real chorus also, which is another thing I find interesting about this song. He says, hey mama, when you leave, don't leave a thing behind. I don't want nothing. I can't use nothing. Take care into the hall and if you see my friends, tell them I'm fine, not using nothing. And then, so the the repetition that serves as quote unquote the chorus here is just the repetition of uh, I can't use nothing, I don't need nothing, 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 which is the title of the song. Because then he goes into the second verse and he says, almost burned out my eyes and threw my ears down to the floor. I didn't see nothing. I didn't hear nothing. I stood there like a block of stone, knowing all I had to know and nothing more, man, that's nothing. Because brothers, our troubles are locked in each other's arms, and you better pray they never find you. Because your back ain't strong enough for burdens double fold. They'd crush you down, down into nothing. And then we get the last verse, which has the last two lines are the reason um, I can't listen to the Towns Van Zant version too many times. He says, being born is glowing blind and bowing down a thousand times to echo strung on pure temptation. Sorrow and solitude, these are the precious things and the only words that are worth remembering. So as I said, I was watching a video, and I think if you think about it in the context of his life, spending a lot of time alone, you know, being bipolar, having these struggles that are in in ways universal, but also in ways deeply, deeply personal, um, is hard. And so he sings about sorrow and solitude, and solitude isn't inherently bad i think loneliness inherently is terrible solitude not so much but he sings about sorrow and solitude and how they're the precious things i think in a sense that like you know sometimes people say you know feeling anything is better than not feeling like is better than feeling nothing at all but like also feeling sorrow and solitude isn't fun and that these are the only words worth remembering 
But also, I think it links back into the idea he ta- he says in the, the very op- opening lines of the song is, Mama, when you leave, don't leave a thing behind. Which I think, one, partly relates to the idea of when you die, you can't take it to the grave. So he's saying, don't leave anything behind because, one, I, I have a life alone. I can't, I'm not using any, any of these things you're going to leave me. And also, when I die, I can't use anything that you're going to leave me. Because I'll be dead and I can't have it. And in a broader sense, I think country music is like, I like country music, especially like this kind of country music is it's universally relatable. Like I said, it's like the peak of storytelling songs. And obviously when an artist writes a song, they write about their own life and their own experiences. But if, if every song was hyper-specific, no one would listen to music. Cause like if I wrote music and I wrote about you know, my specific apartment block living in this specific city in this specific country. No one would would get that. But if I if I if I wrote a song instead about the general feelings of leaving living away from home and living in a foreign country, that's a story that one, lots of people can relate to, you know, living away from home and living in a different country and living in a country where you don't speak the language. But then on an even broader scale, a lot of people can relate to the feeling of feeling out of place and and being away from your comfort zone. Which can take many forms. In my case, it's living abroad. For someone else, it might be, you know, trying out for something or, or, you know, going for a job or something like that. So I think storytelling songs are so powerful because they're allowed to get a little bit more specific while still without losing that element of relatability. But this one isn't like too terribly specific. It's more like, I think the things you like ponder when when you're alone, funnily enough, he talks about solitude. But you know, like, god and and death and and what you take to you and what what what's left behind when you're gone and all that stuff which is nothing as the title says but as i said towns van zant talk singing little depressing little hard to to get into at times especially considering the context so the cover i think is better than the original here is coulter wall does a cover of nothing now, um, most people know Coulter Wall for his song, The Devil Wears a Suit and Tie, but more specifically, most people know him because he has a very distinct voice. This man was like 23, okay, and sounded like he'd been smoking for 50 years. A lot of people like say he sounds like Johnny Cash, which I wouldn't necessarily, I think, I think because of Johnny Cash's legacy, for lack of a better word, that's a bold statement to make, but um, my man sm- um, sounded like, you know, he had kids and worked in the coal mine and been smoking a pack a day for 50 years, at least, at, you know, the ripe old age of 23. And while that is a natural sound, I have seen some interviews of Coulter Wall saying that he doesn't force it as much anymore, if that makes sense. He does, he does sing, he does have a very deep singing voice, but I do think he leaned into it a little bit more heavily, um, especially when he was first coming out, so... Anyway, if you haven't heard Coulter Wall, just to get a sense of what I'm talking about, The Devil Wears a Suit and Tie is, I think, his most popular song. I like Kate McCannon. I think that's a good song. And um, Living on the Sand. Oh, Ballad of a Law of of, of Biting Sophisticate. That's the song. That's my favorite Coulter Wall song. So any of those, great. Get a sense of his voice. He also does a cover of Big Iron. That's a a classic. Everyone knows Big Iron. So um, I just also think off the bat instrumentally this has more personality the guitar just feels a lot more the guitar in the towns van zandt version very much suits the tone of his voice in terms of the 
monotony, I suppose is a good way to phrase that. Whereas here, the guitar just has like so much more life and personality, like such more, much more twang, but it doesn't take away from the message of the song. I mean, I think everyone has a song they like that's like, you know, where the lyrics and the sound are different. Like it might be a really fun song, but the lyrics are sad or vice versa. So as here, I think the the music being a little bit and it's not it's not peppy by any means, just compared to the original, um, the music being a little bit cheerier doesn't take away from the overall message of sorrow and solitude. Coulter Wall, because of the song arrangement, it's very hard to like to be full on singing. But Coulter Wall is very much on the far end of talk of singing of 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 he's not far very far on the singing end of talk singing is what I'm trying to say. Um and Coulter Wall's voice is just like I said from another planet um, a lot of these, I think everyone I've, I've said is just their voice brings something different, whether it's distinct or not. Um, you know, that's part of the reason that makes it so personal is everyone like, I like Steve Perry from Journey. I think he's got a great voice, very distinct. I know a lot of people don't like Steve Perry's voice. So, you know, part that, I think the voice thing is definitely me. Whereas some of the other things I think other people could appreciate in the cover, even if they don't agree with me that the cover is better than the original. And he has... I like a good rasp. I realized doing this list because he also has a nice rasp on the back of his, on his voice when he says, because your back ain't strong enough when he says back. But again, it's not forced. It's just very, it comes out naturally when he's singing. And I touched on this a little bit when I was talking about Robin Thicke and how he, he like added emotion in the end to fit the vibe of the song. In the Towns Van Zant version, the vibe is the same the whole way through, whereas with Coulter Wall, I feel like by the end, he's almost trying to convince himself. Sorrow and solitude, these are the precious things and the only things where, like, it's almost like he's trying to, to convince himself that it's okay that he feels these things. Where in the Towns Van Zant version, I think he's, like, resigned to feeling like that, and that's just how life is. Whereas here, it's like, I feel like Coulter's almost hoping for better, but trying to convince himself because he, he's not, because he's not going to get it. So if you feel like being depressed, I mean, honestly, if you feel like being depressed, you can listen to either version. But if you feel like being more depressed, Towns Van Zant is the man for you. I'm just a Coulter Wall fan, I think. Uh, last song, last, and then I've got an honorable mention. We've got When I Grow Up by the Pussycat Dolls. So like I said, I was just trying to cover all the genres. I'm not, I'm not a Pussycat girl, Dolls person i couldn't tell you anything about them other than i know nicole scherzinger was in that band is in that band i think they'd come back don't quote me on that though um yeah pussycat dolls uh the song is from a 2007-2008 it's quantified as a electro pop r&b song i would have called it a pop and r&b song so yeah i another case of a voice that's not necessarily unique doesn't necessarily stand out but it is strong again if i heard nicole scherzinger singing i wouldn't be like oh that's nicole scherzinger but i'd be like that person has a nice voice actually i just remembered um i've seen her do a live performance i don't remember what the context was but like a live concert for phantom of the opera and her voice was wonderful there but um so yeah she's got a very strong voice very powerful vocals i don't think that could be i don't think that's like a, a thing something that can be argued with also, I'm, I I like I always th- think the Pussycat Dolls were like Nicole Scherzinger 
and backup singers but like from what I'm reading it was supposed to be like a equal I don't know anyway this I'm getting off topic anyway opening of um when I grow up is boys call you sexy and you don't care what they say see every time you turn around they scream in your name and then we've got the chorus I've skipped a little bit but like it's all around the the gist of you don't want to be nameless when you were younger, you wanted to be famous. So chorus is when I grow up, I want to be famous. I want to be a star. I want to be in movies. When I grow up, I want to see the world, drive nice cars. I want to have groupies, which like it says groupies, but I'm a thousand percent sure the lyric is boobies. But like, that's just me. You can't convince me that's not what that lady said. Anyway, then she says, when I grow up beyond TV, people know me beyond magazines. When I grow up fresh and clean, number one chick when I step out on the scene. And then she says, but be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. You just might get it. You just might get it. So I like the, I like, I like, it's a fun song. It's a, like a pop song. I don't, I, especially from 2000, like the or like late 2000s, I'm not expecting a lot of depth in my lyrics. Okay. I'm not expecting it to be mind blowing and like, sure, it's going to tackle personal things if they're writing the music, but I'm not, I'm not expecting, like, a self-reflection. But I do like that we had the little bit of, like, I want, like, I, when I was little, I want to be famous, which I'm sure everyone could probably say at some point in time. But then you got that little bit of just, like, be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it, which is an oft-quoted thing. Um, one thing that comes through to the, in this song is they go, um, they go, ha, 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 like the, the back, not the backup singers, but the other people that aren't Nicole Scherzinger. So Nicole Scherzinger will go, now I've got a confession. The back and vocals go, ha, 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 ha. When I was young, I wanted attention. Ha, I don't like the ha, 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 ha's. I don't really think they fit in very well. Um, totally different effect to backing vocals and like begging that I was talking about, where in both cases, I felt like they got um, imbued seamlessly. I hope I use that word correctly. Uh, but it's a fun song. It's it's like I said, it's a pop song from the 2000s. It's what you expect. It's what, it, you know, it's what you what you expect is what you get. I like the effects and the delivery on, like I said, be careful what you wish for. And one thing I found very interesting about the song instrumentally is when you get to the breakdown, I guess the bridge, it doesn't like usually there's a there's a big difference instrumentally between the choruses and the verses and then the bridge just to set it apart. And then you get back into the, the sound you've been hearing this whole time, whereas the bridge to me sounds exactly the same. The only thing that's different is there's a bit of an effect on her voice. So the bridges, I see them staring at me. Ooh, I'm a trendsetter. Yes, this is true because what I do, no one can do it better. You can talk about me because I'm a hot topic. I see you watching me, watching me, and I know you want it. So there, her vocals are what make it stand out as the bridge versus the instrumentals. But overall, I, I, don't, I think this doesn't stand out to me, partly because I think the Pussycat Dolls have better songs. Like I said, I'm not an avid Pussycat Dolls listener, but um, I mean, everyone knows, don't you? Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Like, I don't know how, like, who doesn't know that song? Um, Buttons, another good song by then. So I think they have, like, better sounds and stronger examples of what they can do. So that's another reason when I grew up doesn't really stick out to me. And I'm going to do a complete 180 here in the cover that I think is better than the original. Coming off of an album, or a series of albums, I should say, I talk about, um, and Eleanor and I talk about very frequently, which is the Punk Goes Pop albums. And I personally think When I Grow Up by Mayday Parade is better than the original by the Pussycat Dolls. One, um, having a guy sing this song is just fun. I don't, I don't like when um, singers do gender-swapped covers and then change the, the pronouns and such. And he doesn't do that. He, he does it for one thing, but I think it fits. 
Um, but for the most part, just having a guy sing about how he wants to be famous and have groupies, even though I'm, again, a thousand percent sure they said boobies. Um, but like they play it completely straight. I don't think they try to make a joke out of this song, which again, it's not, a, it's not like a very serious song, but I, I think they like play it as sincerely as if they had written it. And hearing his voice just off the bat go, boys call you sexy. Just, it's, it's so fun. I like a good, I like a good pop punk song. And here, I think the ha ha ha's, they're much more, they're much subtler. They're much more polished. And every time when, before we go into the chorus, the, the line going into the chorus is, cause see, when I was younger, I would say, and in the original version, it's at the same tone and volume and all that jazz as the rest of the lyrics. Whereas here it's like, it sounds like it's got like this feedback effect sort of on it. So, and it's kind of in the back in the background, not as much in the foreground as it is in the original. So I think that adds another element and I like that a lot better. And I think this style of music, the pop punk style, I want, I'm gonna double check here what sort of um, music made a parade or qualified as singing. Listen, I call them pop punk because I think if you were on Vans Warped Tour at any time in the early 2000s, you know, 2010s, you can qualify as pop punk. Oh my gosh, Mayday Parade from Florida. That explains a lot of things because I saw Mayday Parade at, at, at Warped Tour in Florida one time and everyone was dressed head to toe in like black, okay, black jeans, black shirt, you know the look. And then the lead singer had his nice long hair. He was wearing a tie-dye t-shirt and shorts and then had on, he either had on no shoes or sandals. I can't remember. By the way, he did not look like he got dressed with the rest of his band members. And I'm not convinced they knew him. Anyway, totally. Yeah, they qualify as a pop punk band, alternative rock, emo, any of those things. Same umbrella, essentially. So I think that style suits this chorus better, especially the be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. In a similar vein, I don't, I, I say this a lot. I think country music, or I don't know if I say it, but I do think it a lot. I think country music and pop punk music have a lot of similarities, which you might not realize, especially in terms of storytelling and that universal feeling. I think country music, especially old country music, which is what I prefer, is like singing, you know, if you're singing about being on the plains and like the life of a, of a traveling man and all this stuff. And like pop punk music is about like, and like the, the sense of, I'm not going to to explain this well, but I saw that there was a, an essay written or a, a, basically a lot of, of queer people identify with the cowboy because it was a, or gay men specifically, because it is a an expression of masculinity that's not tied to your sexuality. You know, it's tied to like the things you can do and, and like the cowboy man, but it's like not necessarily tied to a man loving a woman where a lot of other expressions of masculinity are. And I think country music, especially singing about being out on the plains and, and you know, the, 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 the outlaw and all that stuff is an, is an appeal and is, a, is an ideal of society, an ideal of a person, usually a man, but like just in general, an ideal of a person that's that sticks to their guns, no pun intended, and, and is confident and has this swagger and this and just oozes, you know, everything you want to. They're just cool. Um, but also the the struggles that come along with that and, and often the solitude and the the hardships that come along with being your own person and kind of on the being on the outside looking in because you're quite literally on the plains. You're not in this town. 
Whereas with pop punk music, getting back to my point, finally, you know, they sing about I, it's it's to put it simply outcast music for people who are outcasts. And back to the whole you can be specific versus, you know, being specific versus being not too specific. I think like while not everyone can necessarily, you know, pop punk music is stereotyped as being like, you know, middle class white guys. And like, can I relate to Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day's every single experience he's ever had? No, but I can relate to Green Day's overall feeling of being on the outside looking in and wanting to and to get out and do something bigger with yourself and do something better and, and not wanting to conform to, you know, the things that society says you should. I can relate to that. Billy Joe Armstrong and I, childhood probably had very little in common, you know, but it doesn't make it any less relatable. So I talked my way around. I think the point was in there somewhere. So I hope you all picked it up. Okay. I put it down. I hope you picked it up. I do. Oh, I did mention he gender swapped one lyric because he kept the, so boys call you sexy instead of changing it to girls because I'm pretty sure Mayday Parade every, it's all dudes. Yeah, it looks like five dudes. I can count. It's five dudes in Mayday Parade. Um, the only thing he keeps is when he says, there's a line about boys. I'm going to find it. Where is the line about boys? I'm looking at the lyrics. I'm so good at this. You know, this is why I keep Eleanor around because what happens, oh, um, Oh, he, she says, she says, I want to be the number one chick on the scene. So he just says he wants to be the number one boy on the scene. That's what it is. So that's the only thing he changes. I think it's fine. I think it, um, it helps fit the pacing a little better just on how he delivers it. Anyway, I've been talking for way longer than I thought I could. So I'm just going to give you my honorable mention real quick, which is Youngblood does a BBC live lounge. I really like the BBC live lounge. That's a great place for covers. If you're ever really bored and want to listen to covers. Um, but he does a cover of Senorita by Camila Cabello, but he mixes it in with Back to Black by Amy Winehouse and then Goosebumps by Travis Scott. And I don't think it's better than the original purely because Back to Black is in there and I would be hard pressed to find a Back to Black cover that's better than the original. But I think it's better I think it's better than the Senorita original by Camila Cabello. And it's it's hard to compare it to Goosebumps because because the style is so different. Youngblood brings a very rock feel to this. Um, this one gets a lot of brownie points just for ingenuity alone, because first of all, I don't know how you go from Senorita to Back to Black and then how you go from Back to Black by to Goosebumps by Travis Scott. And the transitions are so smooth that if he didn't put the titles in there, I would never know what song was coming next. Um, I, w- I like his take on Goosebumps. I would listen to a full cover just because I don't think it would... F- I- I'd be interested to see how he did it because Madcon put in a rap verse very well. So maybe he could change the rap verse to fit the style of the music that he's doing. Um, and then also he's got some nice strings, some nice, like, I think there's there's a violin and I think a cello maybe. So like some nice strings in there. So he's really adding a lot of elements to a very heavy song that one was another than were heavy songs to begin with, but two, you wouldn't expect it to be there. So that's my honorable mention. My throat hurts a little bit. I will not be doing this again. So hopefully they've made a decision about Young Gravy. And I, Eleanor will be back next week because I'm tired of talking to myself. I do enough of that in my daily life. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Hopefully the two of us. Thanks for listening. I have been Kalina. This has been Don't Quote Me On That. And I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't quote me on that. One day we'll have an outro, but it's not today.